Welcome back to another Home with Havila podcast episode. We're so excited for today. You know, we had such a good response to last week's Moms of Men moment that we shared with Lisa Bevere. And so we wanted to continue. We wanted to share more of our favorite moments from the Moms of Men course. And listen, if you don't have any men that you're raising or you're also raising girls, this is still for you. Lisa Bevere and Havila share so much wisdom and they just go into how the Lord would want us to lead. So in this episode, Havila and Lisa are talking all about creating environments of nurture and imparting destiny into our children's lives. Because mothers can honestly frame a world by speaking to their children's God-given destiny. So tune in. It's going to be a good one. So let's talk about identity. Let's talk about, because really, to be honest with you, human identity yeah. is, is really, really under attack right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it talks about in, in the days that we're in right now, in the book of Romans, it says that, that, that women are going to forget how to be women and men True. are going to forget how to be men. Yeah. And it's going to say, because they don't worship God, they forget how to be human. Mm-hmm. And in our expressions of masculinity and femininity, that is an expression of the image of God walking on the face of the earth. And right now this is all being messed up with. And we, as moms, we like want to make sure we do it. And, and I'm just going to be yeah. really vulnerable. You know, I found myself really challenged because, um, For sure. because first of all, um, my husband travels a lot. Now, yeah. I love my husband and I knew <laughs> that he was being obedient. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. There's provision and obedience. Even if it doesn't look like the provision I wanted yeah. it to be, like yeah. I wanted my husband to be home more, working with homework with the kids and maybe doing uh, devotions until I figured out how awkward that was, you know, like, <laughs> and, you know, I wanted all that to happen. And then, then I just realized that's not what it's going to look like. And then my oldest son, as he began to approach puberty, this is what they do. They push away from their mom. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry to be one to you No, know, they say they kill off they, their mom a little bit. They, they, they try to, they try to, <laughs> now, just my oldest son did it. My other ones didn't do it, but just kind of did the, like, yeah. okay, you know, I'm, I'm not a mommy's boy anymore. Okay. I'm not really you. And, and, and this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to disassociate from the female because they want to associate with the male. And you have to ask, you have to it's intentionally great. help them with that. And this is what I was able to do. Cause, cause I found that my, my son was disassociating with me, but his dad was unavailable right. because his dad was traveling. So then he resented that his dad traveled and then he resented that I was around. And so he'd be mean to me because I was the one that he could be mean to cause I was around. And so I remember I called one of our board members, this beautiful man, beautiful, wise man, Lauren, we love you so much. Anyway, mm. I called him and I said, I don't know what to do with this. Cause I know John is being obedient, mm. but there's this gap. There's mm. this gap. And he said, Oh no, no, no. You tell your son, there's no gap. You tell him that he's going to process the rest of his life with the female, his wife, for the rest of his life. And that God is actually preparing him now how to process yeah. things with another woman. And that God is going to take care of him. There's not going to be any problems. Enjoy his dad when he's home. Don't be mad at his dad because yeah. he wasn't home. Enjoy his dad when he's home. And so we, you know, so I had that conversation where I yeah. said to my son, I know you want to pull away from me because mm. you want to be a man, but that's not what men do. Men don't alienate and disassociate from women because that principle that it's not good for man to be alone stands, mm. not just in marriage. It stands. It's great. We process things well together. And so, you know, as a mother of men, yeah. yeah, it looked different. I became more of a coach, but I also went to him and I said, I've never had, I remember they started kind of changing around 11, 12. Yeah. I said, I've never had an 11 year old before. Mm. I need you to help me. 
if you're feeling like I'm overbearing, if you're feeling like I'm saying things that, cause they get really sensitive and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, you know, cause like my boys would come in and be like, do I have to take a shower? And I'd be like, yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. You need to take a shower. And you know, so, you know, so, I, and so like, if I did that, you know, when they were eight, they'd be like, okay, take yeah, a shower. Yeah. When I did that, when they were 12, they were like, I am Iron Man. I'm like, you asked me to smell your under You asked me. They'll come up. You put your under in my nose. And then you say, I had a bad reaction to that. You know, I'm like trying to help you. But it felt different. And so I had to say, you need, yeah. you need to help me. This isn't fair. And so it started to become a two-way street about, you know, how to communicate with That's that. Really and cool. just have those intentional conversations I'm for you. I'm not against you. I'm not trying to make you not a man. Yeah. You know, I, I want you to be everything that God created you to be. Yeah. I think that's really key. I think the, the concept that they need women in their life. I love that thought yeah. that they need women in their life. And this is, we're in it for life. Yeah. Because they get stupid without women they, they and women do. get stupid without processing things with men a right way. They get the seductive thing going, the manipulation thing going. Yeah. And I think what's really helped me too, and, and this might be a little bit of off, you know, sideline, but um, learning my boys' love languages were really important to love them me. well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like my eldest, he's touch. And I, you know, one thing I really feel is I got to keep his touch meter like filled. So he needs the cuddles and the hugging and the, you know, just all the, he wants to kiss up, you know, all just is in that mode. And my, don't push them away. No, I know they're going to be stinky. I know I it's going to feel different I, and weird. They're going to sit on you. Just, we're already there. We throw every shoe, we throw shoes away it. now. We don't clean them. We don't pass them on. Every shoe gets thrown away. Socks get every crunchy. window gets opened. I mean, this yeah. is where we're yeah. at. There's just, right? there's just, reaching there's just a lot going yeah. on. But our second son, he's a time kid and I'm not a time person. Naturally, I'm, I'm kind of like a touch and like affirmation. Let's keep going. And he's a time guy. And so it is so difficult for me to sit and go, Okay, but what I've learned is if I take him by, like, hey, I'm going to the store, Hudson, you're with me. And finding ways to navigate their love language was key so I could love them well. Not the way I wanted to be loved, but the way that they felt loved and connected with love. So I'm learning that. Again, I've got littles, uh, but I'm learning to figure out their love language, and that's been key to love boys well because I'm not a boy. Yeah, and we can, you know, it's, there's nothing wrong with giving them that test. No, no. There's nothing wrong. And, you know, and so I have a son whose words affirmation physical yeah. touch. And then I have a son that is quality time. And I'm like, you know, and, and there, so, and, and that's how we parent too is different. We do. You know, um, a lot of moms talk about school situations yeah. and I have a magnificent son who had a huge challenge in school, huge, huge challenge. It started really early and it went all the way through his freshman year in high school. And, you know, I, as a mother, um, my first two sons, easy, you know, yeah. um, uh, what's it called? AP classes, honor classes, way smarter than John and I. And then my third son, I was like, Oh my gosh, what have we done wrong? I didn't let him crawl enough. So I like, it was like, you know, make him do cross crawls. We're like trying to do brain connection therapy, you know, like all the stress. The teachers would call me every week. I just pick up the phone. I'd see the school ID. I'd be like, I'm sorry. And my husband would be like, you are saying you're sorry before you even hear what they are. Saying, I've been like, what is this like? What's for two hours? You know, I mean, just, and I made it, I made it like, he, I made it like, I was nervous about it. I felt like a failure. What have I done wrong? What have I done wrong? And this is that mommy shame. It is. That mommy shame. You know, I thought, did I put him in front of Sesame Street too long? Did, <laughs> did I, was I lazy? Did, should I not put him in that bouncy seat? And, right. you know, so I went through all that stuff. And then, you know, my husband just said, Lisa, stop this. Mm. Stop this. All his pieces are going to come together. They're going to all come together. My husband said, this kind of happened to me. And all my pieces came together my sophomore year in high school. I'm like, <laughs> he's, he's only eight right now. Please don't tell me that, you know? And so we got seven more years of this. And, um, 
And we had a revelation mm -hmm. that every single day he went to school, he felt like a failure. And, and his um, challenges were such that he was in special education. Yeah. And um, so we decided that at home, he was going to be celebrated. Mm. And so instead of saying, oh, okay, wow, we've got another D minus here. Praise the Lord. You know, like instead of saying, what did yeah. you, what were you thinking? Why yeah. are you paying attention? Why? We, we started saying, speaking to his destiny instead of where he was. So we started saying mm. things to him like, Alexander, we love the way you think. We, we, you know, we, we just love the way you think. And the other brothers are like, he, he, he doesn't think. That's like, he's, he's like distracted. He's like daydreaming. And, and then it like in my head, I was thinking, they're right. They're right. He's not thinking. But, but, but in my spirit, I would say, yeah. no, he thinks. He just thinks differently. That's right. And here's the thing. We need a generation that thinks differently. We do. And so we would just keep speaking over to him. We would say things like, you know, you're probably going to discover the cure for cancer because you think different, or you're probably, you're going to be innovative. You're going to be creative. You're going to be this. And it was amazing. We watched him go from special ed and struggling to like getting great grades, like going up one whole grade point to by the time, you know, he was ready to graduate and his, his ACT score was so bad that we actually just started laughing. I mean, he, he and I met with the teacher and they showed me his ACT score and I just looked at him and I started laughing. I was like, I don't even, I was like, how did you do that? And he was like, I don't even know. And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think you could get a score this low. And they were like, you guys, this isn't funny. They're like, college is not an option for him. I'm like, well, actually... It is. Yeah. And, and he ended up not only going to college, he had scholarship. He worked for a co-op with a, a innovative school like Samtech yeah. Engineering. They paid for a school. He had straight A's. So he went amazing. from somebody that was struggling. Yeah, that's amazing. To somebody, but we had to create, we had to create an environment of nurture for him. Yeah. And not everybody learns the same way. And, and it isn't your failure, but you do need to be able to find out how your kids hear love yeah. and then also how they learn. Yeah. And then you need to get them in an environment that fosters how they learn. And, you know, for him, the public school was a better option. The public school gave him tools. They gave him things where he could dictate things. Yeah. They would give him the testing on his spelling orally rather than writing down. And they gave him tools. And he ended up graduating the student body vice president, closing out the graduation speech. And he became something that nobody else did. He was a peer counselor yeah. because he understood what it was yeah. like to feel uh, embarrassed. He, he used to stutter. None of that, none of that ended up staying. But, you know, we as mobs, we can frame a world. Right for our sons right. by speaking to their God-given identity. Another one of my sons, and again, I'm only kind of dominating this because no, I have the older good. boys. I love it. Another one of my sons was going through some stuff, and I said, you know what? I'm going to forge you some swords. Mm. And I just took this, I just took a bunch of different scriptures, and I created them in a prayer dynamic for him. And I said, this is your sword. And I was like, Austin, here's your sword. And I just gave him all of these scriptures that were promises over his life or just promises of God. And he would pray this over his life. And he said it was a lifesaver. You heard him say yeah. that last yeah, night. I did. It was just a lifesaver him. So, yeah. so mamas, you it's can beautiful. position your children for God's promises. In their future, you can speak to their destiny. Don't be confused by what the school is saying over them, what's late. Don't let them be labeled. Don't let the limits come on them. Give them a room that's great. That is, say, I love the way you think. That's right. I know this doesn't get reflected in your grades, but I love that you're out of the box. I love that you're innovative. I love that, that you are uh, completely different. I love your strength with perception and relationship and, and find their strengths right. and focus in on their strengths instead of pointing out their weaknesses. So... Yeah. What do you think? I love it. No, I, I agree. I, I think even myself, I had learning disabilities and had a lot of 
you know, my parents believed in me, which was huge, but I didn't think like everybody else. And I feel like certain kids peak at certain times. I don't know yeah. if that's true, but you know, I know specifically for boys it's later, uh, it is later. And mm -hmm. for boys, their brain doesn't develop till 25. They're, they're 26. Yeah, tw oh, yeah. I mean, it's right around frontal there, lobe. you know, frontal it's lobe. the frontal lobe. And, and <laughs> what, what is the, it's the reason it's the response. And you know, if I do this, is this going to, is this going to be a consequence? And how, you know, you go, why didn't you think about that? Well, they didn't, they don't have that capacity. That's why we want to teach them healthy boundaries so that they make good choices and they've learned how to make good choices versus what they can see. Um, so yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I think it's beautiful to pick that out I, as someone who is a recovering, you know, person who didn't have a lot of hope that I would look like everybody else. Yeah. Um, it's been one of my greatest assets has, is the fact that I'm a strong willed girl. I was a strong willed kid, but I've been able to hone that will for the mm -hmm. kingdom. And I think your kids will, if you have boys that are strong willed and I have, I have at least three alphas in my home out of my four, um, you know, honing that strength versus saying that's wrong or that's bad. I think it's important to, to say, we love that, but we want to make sure we use that for the kingdom or use that for, you know, and help for your life. So, and self-control is the first fruit of the spirit. Yes. And, you know, helping them learn with self-control without, you know, I mean, there's, I, I, Impulse I, control. I mean, I don't, I, you know, I, I, you know, one of my sons, they wanted to put him on Ritalin and I just didn't want to do that. You know, I just did not want to do that. And everybody can, can have that journey in their, on their own. But, you know, some of that just is, you know, they, yep. they have energy and we need to help them constructive ways to get their energy out. Right. We have a trampoline in a hole in our backyard and our <laughs> boys would come home from school and they had to jump on that trampoline. They it was do. Like decompression they do. therapy for them. Absolutely. You know, and so sometimes we need to give them constructive decompression and it is hard to sit for a really long it, time. It is. I say and our active listening, all to, of that, know, that they're anticipating or asking all of questions that. or being involved. And so, you know, I I don't, I don't want you to just, just to medicate your kids and, no. and your boys and, and just assume, you know, and again, like I'm not a doctor, I'm not a doctor, but I, I do want to empower you to ask some important questions and maybe give them some other tools. And really that they're boys. They love being outdoors. They were made from the dirt. The Bible says, and so for they, the dirt. and for the, the dirt, dirt. So, the dirt. Yeah, yeah. So they love to be, I always say, you know, if my boys, if they're not doing well, I've missed a need. I know that sounds funny, but boys are very straightforward. So it's hungry. They're hungry. They're tired. They need to be outside. They need, they need something. They, they need to it's talk a, about it's a, something. Yeah, yeah, it's a need that I, that I need to be able to pick up on. And I found that with my boys, that's been one of the most helpful is, and honestly, there was one issue we had with our boys where they were getting behavior issues. Like we would get called from the teacher and called from the teacher and they can't sit still and they're interrupting and they, you know, they, and we thought it was behavioral. So we're doing all these things of, you know, and my kid would be like, well, yeah, I was in the principal's office office and we said when did that happen? He's like, well, it's my third time this year. You know, we're like, oh, I'm sorry, what? And so we had these situations where we were like, oh, you know, and I, I felt a, a lot of mom guilt, you know, uh, yeah. Like, uh Oh, what if I'm missing something? And this is cause I'm traveling and this is cause of ministry. And you know, you start to, you want to name it like what it is, but, but they have stay home moms that are having the same thing. Absolutely. And I don't think that I, again, that's probably an easy route versus saying, wait a minute, I gotta be in the game. What's going on. And what we found was that the environment of the school they were in, they needed a different school. And that was important to us. That wasn't that the environment was bad that they were in. It just wasn't the school for them. And I, we made a move. We made a big move and we put our kids in a different school. And we have not had one call from a teacher or anyone, faculty, because they're because what the fast pace of this school was enough for them. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. We hope you've enjoyed our Moms of Men moment with Lisa Bevere. I know that encouraging our kids and speaking into their strengths is so important. So if you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot, share it on social media, tag us at Truth to Table. We would love to thank you for listening and we would love for others to find the show. Leave us a five-star review and share the show with a friend. And stay tuned because we have some more amazing parenting episodes coming in the next two weeks. We will talk to you then. Thank you.